I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us a theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alenios Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Elenials Podcast. I am Smith. I'm Seth. And it's the voice that makes you moist, Marcus. The monsoon is here again, people. Yeah. We can finally get wet. The, the <laughs> triad is back. All three hosts right. together. Our it's third eyes are activated. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. They did that whole, like, uh, for the Star Wars sequels, the Dyad and the Force. Next sequel, next trilogy, Triad and the Force. Yeah, they got to. Exactly. Just up it. Um, they got to do a, a love triangle that ends in, like, a, a, a male, male, female threesome just getting fucking railed in, in both holes. Okay, yeah, oh, I think oh, you've gone a little too far. Oh. <laughs> they're going to use the Force, obviously. They said they're delaying the next Star Wars movie due to fear and uncertainty at Lucasfilm. I'm here to tell you, I got the answer for you. Hardcore porn. Hardcore porn. <laughs> um, but earlier, I mentioned us opening up our third eyes. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk real quick. We talked about him last week. I wanted to talk about a person who uh, constantly claims to have opened up their third eye, which is uh, uh, NBA superstar Kyrie Irving. Um, for anybody who needs a little refresher on this guy, he is one of those pseudo philosophical people who really thinks they're like the smartest, like most open-minded guy in the room, but he is an actual idiot and he's very dangerous. He convinced tons of people to not get vaxxed last year and now he's been spreading anti-Semitic propaganda um, that is um, hidden once again as pseudo-intellectualism. And... It has it got so bad that finally him and the team he is on, the Brooklyn Nets, each decided that the only way they're going to make this right is by spending money. So they were going to donate five hundred thousand dollars each to the ADL, which is the anti anti discrimination league, which is anti defamation. Is it defamation? Yep, it's different. Okay, um, to you know help fight that kind of stuff. Um, to combat the damage that's already been done. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> and so, yeah, so basically just, you know, they help fight court cases for people who've, you know, gone through stuff. And it's supposed to be a way for them to be like, hey, I'm actually not racist or whatever. Um, and the ADL refused his donation. They said, mm-hmm. we will not accept $500,000 from you, Kyrie Irving. We believe that you were doing this in bad faith and are just trying to save face. And it's not the kind of money we need. And it is mm-hmm. hilarious. For something like that to have happened to a person. And I just, as soon as I saw that, I was, I was in heaven. That's so funny. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, clearly they're, they're Jewish. They already had the money. They don't need it. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's clearly an anti-Semitic joke that I've just made. Uh, but mm. I'm pointing out Cancel. these motherfuckers are out here saying all kinds of crazy shit. It's like, this is all buried and suddenly it's just exploding up out of the ground again. Like people are unearthing some crazy shit from the past. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, and now the, the Brooklyn Nets have decided to give Kyrie Irving a video game side quest to uh, prove he's not anti-Semitic. They've given him <laughs> six things he has to do before they're going to uh, let him play again. You guys not heard about this? Um, no. no, I thought these were six things before they'd take his money. No. <laughs> So one is he has to apologize and condemn the movie that he was spreading around on Twitter, which if you guys don't know, basically this documentary that was insanely, like just so openly anti-Semitic that it was insane and includes a fake quote from Hitler about how, I'm not going to use the words they use in this quote, but how black people are the jewels of the, I think the jewels of the world and the Jewish people had 
and Americans had stolen the jewels. It was really weird. It was supposed to be some kind of like empowering message for black people, but also very anti-Semitic at the same time. It was really weird. And it was Hold on. This documentary is called, I'm not kidding you, Hebrews to Negroes, Wake Up Black America. This is very, this is true. This is the title of the documentary. <laughs> And it is just it like if you watch like five minutes, you will be like, this is the most offensive thing I've ever seen. Um, so the first thing he has to do is apologize and condemn that movie, which should be incredibly easy. Two, he has to make 500k in donations to anti-hate causes. He's got to find somebody who will take his money, I guess. <laughs> he has to do, of course, sensitivity training, as we we as as you know, they all have to go through anti-Semitic specific training. So sensitivity, then anti-Semitic training. Then he has to meet with the ADL and Jewish leaders, which I feel bad for the ADL and the Jewish leaders at this point. Why subject them to this? And then he has to meet with um, Joe Psy, which I think is actually somebody within the Nets organization um, who may be Jewish. I can't remember. But he has to meet with them to to demonstrate his understanding of all the stuff he's learned. At the end of this, he will just convert to Judaism, I assume. <laughs> yeah. That's the end goal here. Are you, Seth, you weren't kidding. This is a video game yeah, side they, quest. This pops up on your hood as, Ky- exactly. as Kyrie Irving. He's like, waking up in the morning okay. in like his GTA bed, and he just sees, like, right. he gets a phone call, and that's just like the what gets told to him throughout the call, and there's a little checklist now. He checks his pit boy, and he's like, oh, God. <laughs> Gotta fucking. So, so if he doesn't do these things, what happens? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. We're going to find out. Oh, I'll tell you that. Shit. I doubt any of this is going to happen. You can't play? I'm hoping. He's he's currently been suspended for, like, I think, five or six games. I don't know if Dang. they're going to continue the suspension unless he does this stuff. They haven't made that super clear. Um, But I hope that. I hope they just suspend him and just kick him out of the league. Because I'm just tired of hearing about this guy. I'm tired of him having a platform. It is just so stupid. It is so dumb. I cannot tell you how dumb it is if you're an NBA fan. <sighs> it's like really we're we living the greatest hits of dumb shit in the past. <laughs> We've had already dealt with. I know. We did this already. I know. And this this new movement, I I said about it a lot. This new movement of just like placing incredibly offensive and dangerous ideas behind pseudo intellectualism is just the most disgusting thing I see. It happened with anti vaxxing, it's happened with this stuff. It happens with any, anything that's offensive. Nazism, people will put it behind like, oh, yeah, well, when you think about it. And then you're like, no. well, no, I don't think you thought about it at all. <laughs> um, right. But there's certain people out there who were impressionable enough that they're like, well, you know what? This mm-hmm. guy sounds pretty smart. That's what jo- that's Jordan Peterson's whole thing. Jordan Peterson, yeah. to a certain type of person, sounds smart. To me, he doesn't. But to a lot of people, he, like, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's, he, he, he dresses nice. He presents himself well. And you're like, okay, he probably knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he he doesn't. Five dollar words. Exactly. He doesn't. He's incredibly stupid. He thinks the Bible is the oldest book ever written. He's, he's the dumbest man there is. He cries because 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 young men aren't getting laid up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I I don't know what to say. It's like it's like the whole like if you dress up white supremacy in like a suit and a tie because people picture Nazis as being like inbred you know hillbillies or kkk clan members or i guess nazis who did dress nice i guess you would say they they're fashionable for their time it's like you dress it up people suddenly start their brain shut down i don't know how that happens that's so weird to me yeah it's like listen to what they're actually saying that people who dress up as like oh we're we're talking about like uh like bio essentialism or like uh, a race you know race theory like like certain traits are are parts of different races and i'm like this is a fucking dungeons and dragons shut the fuck up no it doesn't yeah. work that way there's no plus two to intelligence for being a certain race you're you're wrong yeah and that's why you know jordan peterson's whole thing the whole thing that got him so big or not the number what one thing but you'll think of is his book 12 rules for life which if you ever i obviously haven't completely read the book i'm not going to give this man any money but the whole point of the book is that he gives you these 12 rules, which for the most part sound like sensible, basic knowledge. But throughout it, he weaves in a bunch of like misogynist and racist bullshit just to make it. But it's like, but these are the 12 simple rules for life, obviously. And that's just how that's how they present it. It's just, like, oh, these are common sense things. Don't worry. This is normal. This is just how we all think and behave. Do you know, do you know what put him on the map originally, though? What his first big thing was? No. 
he refused to use a student's chosen pronouns. Oh, and yes, so, yes, yes. Oh, God. That's what got his name everywhere. He's the professor standing up to the woke mob before we even had those words to describe it. Yeah. Which, by the way, we got a mailer earlier this week from Herschel Walker. Not Herschel Walker. The white guy running for Congress in my district. I don't even know his name. Buddy something or another. Buddy. And one of the, yeah, one of the things was, um, he's, we're, we're going to be anti-woke. And I'm like, 10 years ago, even less than that, woke was a slang term that was used ex- exclusively uh, by not white people to describe things. And now it's like on Fox News every day and it has infiltrated every level of our society. Yeah. I just what happened? They can they basically just weaponize any word that um you know they can get behind. I mean, like, oh this this all this woke now just means anything that uh like Republicans and right wing people don't like. That's what woke means. Every single thing is put under that uh, umbrella. And real quick, I did want to say that you didn't get a mailer from Herschel Walker because he does not know how to lick a stamp. Um, <laughs> or more more better yet, he's unable to do it because of his brain function is so low. um but yeah and that's you see it all the time everything now is like this is woke this is woke oh i I love i love things that are anti-woke which to me it's like you guys should have found a better word to make your bad thing because woke literally Mm -hmm. means like we're awake we're thinking forward we understand (laughs) all the problems in the world we are awake basically and we see you know we see all this bullshit so it's like you want to be the people who are asleep is what you want you want right. you want to be <laughs> lying in bed completely which technically is what a lot of these people want um but they're, they're not thinking about it that way it's just so funny it's like you should, it's the same thing that happened with like social justice warriors why choose warriors as your word? warriors are like fighters they are like you people on the front lines why would you why not weaponize a bad word you know like it just seems so stupid that they weaponize these words that sound kind of cool or mean something interesting yeah it's like I don't know how it's just like it's like so, the, so you say you're against folks who are fighting for social justice so you're saying you're against justice I don't is that I mean apparently some folks are straight up like mask off like yes I am for injustice yeah, yeah. you know what <laughs> I respect those people more because at least they're saying what they think I agree with that yeah but yeah the whole like woke thing quicks and writing this down for my, my sci-fi dystopian novel the the woke party versus the slumber party uh-oh. Is that the slumber party. <laughs> oh my god, that is gonna be that is gonna be a um like a Shutter original in the next year. Mm. Oh, oh hell yeah! That that's gonna be the slumber party is gonna be there. I love it. But how? I just wonder how like Alex Jones feels when like he spent years screaming "Wake up, people!" and now suddenly being woke is bad. Yeah. So I don't know what he thinks about this. I think Alex Jones is constantly looking at his bank account at this point because <laughs> he owes one billion dollars. Yeah. Which, is which he, crazy. According, to, according to him, they won't they they won't see a dime of it. Apparently, there's no he's, way he's insulated entirely. No, not even that. It's just that like I think it's a pro- I think they. Like, I'm glad that he got that on him because it, it, what he did was really fucked up. But it's like, there's a certain point where if you find someone that much, you're not going to get any money. Like, if they find him, like, $100,000, I feel like they'd probably see some of it eventually. But $1 billion mm-hmm. is, a, is like where it's, like, so insurmountable, you're never going to pay a single dollar. So right. It, it's kind of fucked up that way. I do wonder how much money InfoWars generates. It's it, got to be a sizable amount. Right. I feel like it's sizable, but I, I, I mean, I feel like less than a hundred million dollars. Yeah, like maybe half that, yeah, possibly like 50, 60 million maybe. But there's also like donations, and they sell that weird like powdered shit. That's what we're talking about. That's what they make their money yeah. is that stuff. Yeah. Um, Which I, I guess the I guess the idea in this is this supposed to be not just like we're gonna get our money. It's supposed to be backbreaking. Like you will not ever be able to make enough money to start your media, you know, uh, enterprise up again. So like, it's less about like we're gonna get justice and more that you won't be able to do this again to anybody else. Yeah. I think that's the, the intention, anyways. I guess so. But he claims he's gonna transfer ownership to other people of of uh, of Infowars and keep getting the money from it or whatever, and it won't go to him. But I think the judge, like even specifically, was like, "No, you can't do that." Where we're putting like all these like writers on your sentence, where like, you will not be able to do that. They really are coming for Infowars on this whole thing. They want that gone. 
Wow, yeah. it took him so long. <laughs> we had freedom of speech, uh, Marcus. Uh, oh, we had a free country. <laughs> Welp, I'm glad you said freedom of speech. Because we have oh, to broach another topic. <laughs> Marcus, in case you missed it, last week we took the cork off of friend of the podcast, Elon Musk. Oh no! We've discussed him again, and his latest... We, we discussed a lot of stuff he did last week, all the layoffs mm-hmm. he's done, which are... Um, hilariously biting him in the ass actually now. those happened after our podcast oh, they, that didn't even they actually yet. did yeah so we can talk about that yeah. as well is that he laid off mm-hmm. a large amount of staff and i can actually break out my technical expertise real quick because one of the metrics that was used to decide which twitter employees would um be let go was how many um, lines of code you've committed um like in the past year or whatever and for anyone who that doesn't make any sense to let me explain a little bit Basically, whenever you commit code, that's um, basically saying you've it's basically like saving a document. You've saved this, and now whatever any changes you made when you committed, um, whether you haven't committed in a year or haven't committed in a day, all those changes get put into a commit. Anyone can go through and say, "Okay, this is what it looked like before. This is what it looks like now," and people can review it and make sure you didn't, you know, fuck up the code. So. The reason that lines of code committed is a horrible statistic, and literally anyone who has any technical expertise, even as little as mine to like PhD people, will tell you that that is an empty statistic because it doesn't really prove anything. Um, people who commit the most lines of code are normally like junior to mid-level developers who are working on um, you know important stuff, but not like super crucial to infrastructure. People who actually work on architecture and the stuff that makes everything work, like security and net code and all that, those those people are probably committing less lines of code because one, they're better developers who aren't using as much code. Two, they are getting rid of a lot of code that doesn't need to be there anymore, which is uh, deletion of code. And uh, three, they're usually doing a lot of thinking over coding because they have to make high-level decisions. And that has apparently already bitten them in the ass because after the layoffs, They've already asked certain employees to come back because they realized they were more important than they thought they were, um, which is just the most hilarious thing. So if you ever read any articles about tech companies doing layoffs and it mentions uh, lines of code committed, it is a terrible statistic. And literally, like I said, anyone in the field will tell you that it is uh, very, very bad and no good and terrible and stupid and technicality no dumb boo over. So, Seth, in your yes. opinion, your your professional opinion, yes. why would someone decide this is a good metric to use? Because they don't they because they think oh this they all they think is that lines of code committed is amount of work done. That's probably <laughs> what they think. They probably get told oh this person writes more code. Okay, they do more work, which in reality is very much untrue. I would even in my, in my job I would say the people who are much smarter than me and make you know much better code than me are writing far less than i do so i mean they might go they might go a month or two without ever actually making any code because they're making they're making decisions and they're making they're helping us to make our our architectural decisions and stuff um so yeah it's but if those people were to leave i would be like well i don't do my job anymore because this person is important so yeah because i I know enough about programming you know there's there's a concept of elegance Yes. Of like, because you can write things a thousand ways, but there are better and faster ways to write things that t- take less resources to run, right? Exactly. So, like, in that sense, you'd want less lines you're, of code, yeah. correct? I mean, there's not a single developer alive who would tell you that, like, if, if you just ask them randomly, do you want more or less code? They would always say less every time. <laughs> so, you would say that the person making that decision probably does not know what they're doing. No. That is. A, there was a, a very famous LinkedIn post a couple months ago when one of the many uh, companies offers like analytics on code bases. They were like, "Oh, now you can now we're, um, you can help track how many um, like commits per day or commits per whatever that your employees are doing." And it was famous, and everyone was commenting on it like, "This is stupid. You're dumb." CEOs of companies were like, "This is the stupidest statistic ever. Why are you promoting this?" And Elon Musk, <laughs> I think Elon Musk just read the first part, didn't read the comments, and was like. Great. Cool idea. Let's go. Yeah, I feel like if you knew anything about coding, you would know not to do this. Exactly. Just immediately. You wouldn't even be a thing to think about. But Elon Musk has proven time and time again, he actually doesn't know anything. Right. About anything. 
<laughs> and, and people forget. People are like, oh, he he fought to get Twitter and to bring free speech no. back to the website. I'm like, no. Mm. They're like, they, they, they like Twitter sued him in the middle of this. Like, no, they sued him to make him buy the company, yeah. not against so it. He tried not to. <laughs> he tried to make a big deal about it. And then he wanted to be like, oh, they restricted my free speech, so I'm out of here. But then they yeah. fucking forced him to That's buy it. That's hilarious. Wow. People forget he made a public offer for an absurd price per share of Twitter. And they said, yes, we'll do that. Would you sign on it? And he said, yes, I'll sign on the paper. And then tried to back out. And Twitter was like, oh, no, no. We're going to court. You're going to buy us for the price you said. Yeah. Uh, we are not worth nearly as much as you're going to pay us. <laughs> so thank you, sir. What I originally brought this up for was he's made his first sweeping declaration of freedom of speech because people on the platform a lot of celebrities a lot of comedians were like oh wait you know we have all this freedom of speech now that elon musk owns the website so we can all change our screen names and profile pictures to elon musk's screen name and profile picture and start saying whatever the fuck we want because we have freedom of speech and uh mm -hmm. after that happened um twitter went through and suspended all the accounts that did that in an effort to preserve free speech, obviously. Of course. Uh, he hasn't really explained yet how that's a preservation of free speech, but I'm sure he'll come up with some words for it. <laughs> Apparently, Twitter's goal is to become the most uh, true website in the world with only true things said on it. Oh. And uh, to facilitate that, you can now buy yourself a check mark for $8 a month. Yeah. <laughs> the funniest thing I saw last week was, you know, his whole thing now is like, oh, we, have to, we you need to pay for verification. That's, that, that is going to be the mm. thing that saves Twitter because they're not making any money. Um, and pe and people at first his idea was twenty dollars a month for your chain. Ew, and then Stephen King of all people was just like twenty dollars for a check mark. I'll leave this website tomorrow. And then Elon Musk, just in perspective here, Stephen King, very successful man, but as an author, he's worth around five hundred million dollars, which for an author is crazy. But Elon Insane. Elon Musk is worth nearly 200 billion dollars he responds and it's like oh but we got to make money somehow would you do eight dollars a month he is begging people <laughs> he's out here begging yeah. people for uh. money and the funniest thing to me is I, here's the thing i'm gonna go ahead and tell you i don't know a goddamn thing about running a business but i know one thing if you make a product people don't want to pay for you've made a bad product that's what i'm gonna say mm -hmm. so people yeah. say we don't want to pay for our check mark that's stupid he goes and makes, or he doesn't make them, I'm sure, but he posts a bunch of memes. One of them that made my blood boil was like a picture of somebody who had like a, a iced coffee and it had a price tag on it of $8. And it was like, oh, buy this every 30 minutes, which first of all, no one does that. But let's say they do. Let's say there's a person who's buying iced coffee every every 30 minutes for $8, whatever. They're dead, but okay. They're dead. <laughs> and then below it was a, an $8 a month check mark. And the person was like sad. And I'm like, what you've demonstrated here is that there's a person who will pay $8 every 30 minutes for coffee, but no one will pay $8 for your stupid check mark. Which means you've mm -hmm. made a bad... This is a meme of you failing at business. You made a meme that shows how bad you are at your job. You couldn't... I wouldn't take a check mark for free. You have to pay me to take one. Fuck you. I don't care about that shit. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I don't even use Twitter anymore. I haven't used Twitter since the, the day that they first said Elon wasn't about Twitter. I deleted the fucking app. I don't use it anymore. Damn. I'm only part of it. Um, but, yeah, I don't want to... I'm not going to pay for verification. No one should. And it is just... It is just so funny to me that he comes into Twitter and he's like, okay, you guys are losing so much money. One, it's because of all these woke people who are scaring away advertisers. That's our first problem. And second is, you got to pay for verification. We've become a platform that's worth paying for, so you got to pay for it. People are like, you're not a platform worth paying for. And he's like, you're a bad customer. You're bad at using my application. This is some Michael Scott uh, shit. Um, exactly. But yeah, the thing is, is like advertisers now, one of the biggest advertising firms in the world has said they're going to pause their Twitter buys for now to see how this shakes out, which is not good for them. And they just said that, first of all, as part of the deal, Twitter is not going to spend 100% of their profits on debt servicing every year to pay for the loans he took out to, to buy oh, the company. Wow. And now, no. if, if they keep losing advertisers the right they are, they're going to have, Elon Musk will soon have to start selling his own uh, Tesla stock to uh, finance it still. Ooh. Yeah. Because of the terms of the deal he signed, they went uh, from spending twelve percent on their of their budget on de on debt to a hundred percent of their budget on debt every year. 
oh shit, this place is going down and I it's love so it. <laughs> and also, to get verified, the same rules still apply. So real name and identity is associated with it. And I'm sorry, I'm not putting my real name on my Twitter account. I don't care what... No, no. And my friend Charmander Buttslut is not doing it either. So <laughs> fuck you. It's not happening. I, 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 I don't for you. Charmander Buttslut has actually been verified. Their name is actually John Wayne Gacy. It's weird. Oh shit, fuck. Yeah, it's a coincidence, <laughs> I'm sure. Sure, it's a coincidence. I kind of del- delete some DMs real quick. <laughs> um, but no, it's like, and also, also, this is just one thing. I've lived, I, I'm a something awful user. The last guy who made me pay for a website ended up killing himself. So, wait, he really did. I didn't think about that. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Lotus like a year ago. Wow, really? Yeah, I did not know after that. his. That was after his, like, two, two different wives divorced him. He was convicted of domestic abuse, and then he had to sell the website to a guy that was a, a, a mod and then killed himself, like, six months later. Yeah, and that was Jeez. after a total of five users ended up making him $10 million off buying unbans. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, Twitter, Elon Musk, he hasn't even begun to, to like, get monetization here because be allowing you to, like, pay to fuck people's Twitter accounts, now now we're talking, now we're generating some money. <laughs> yeah. All right? Ten bucks to change their picture, their bio, whatever. Boom. That's how you make money. If you could pay $10 to change someone's Twitter account, Twitter would become the most instant profitable yeah. company in the they'd world like, overnight. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, well, they're worth $10 trillion now. They actually just bought Guatemala. <laughs> they bought the country. <laughs> We, we we now own like the U, the Fort Knox. We bought, we bought yeah. the whole thing actually. Listen, if y'all are um, gonna give Elon this idea, at least get royalties, all right? Okay. Yeah. Well, don't <laughs> worry, he'll never take it because one, he stopped yeah. listening to this podcast a couple months ago oh, when we first did the, the ban on his name, and two, <laughs> that will be a good decision, which he he just doesn't know how to make. <laughs> and lo- low tax, never listen to me because my my decision was always low tax. Listen, put it put a speed limit on there, one post every five minutes, and pay. To lift the speed limit for a day, pay three dollars. No speed limit for oh, a day. Oh, and you could like, and you could also do like big money. Like you could boost an entire forum and be like, oh, this mm-hmm. forum today, get the everyone gets the the uh, yep. limit raised. Oh shit! Yep, that would be great. Brilliant. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the first thing about business, but I'm pretty sure that will make money. No, no. Like, see, the thing about being a, a Marxist is you know how to make money in capitalism. It's just evil. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just horrible, evil. stupid shit. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm so far removed from Twitter. I, I made an account one time, and I didn't use it for like a month, and it was hacked. And I was like, shit, well, <laughs> yeah. people send I'm not me making tweets. a second one. Yeah, people send me <laughs> tweets, and I'll, I'll look at those sometimes, but I don't ever use the app or anything. Um, yeah, and Elon Musk is talking about the, the we gotta win the battle against the bots. The battle against the bots That was his big Twitter. thing while buying it, was like, there's so many bots on Twitter. And you know what I say? Who literally cares? Like, honestly, right. the only people who have that much bot interaction are people who don't have to worry about bot interaction. So, mm-hmm. who gives a... If, if you get a DM that is like, we're giving you five PS5s if you click on this link, and you click on it, that's your fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's on you. Learn to internet. Yeah. Like, I learned that one when I was a kid. Don't, don't click on links you don't know where they go to or who sent them to you. Just don't do it. It's... I mean, how stupid do you have to be? Yeah. And there's tools you can use now to like verify what links, what they go to, what, they, what they're going to send to you. Yeah. You know? Heck, I fucking so I've learned how to suss out fake restaurants on Grubhub. Oh, really? Do you guys know? You guys know about fake restaurants, Marcus? Do you I know about this? Well, they're mm-hmm. called virtual restaurants or virtual kitchens. What they are is basically, let's say you have like a Chili's in your area. They serve the food that Chili's does, right? You go on Grubhub, you see Chili's. I don't want Chili's today. But there's also a restaurant you've never heard of before called, oh, it's it's Just Wings. There's one here that's called It's Just Wings, which is like a wing restaurant. I've never seen this physical restaurant in my entire life, but it probably on my app one day. And uh, what it is is a virtual kitchen. So basically these people will like, or, or like re- like Chili's will make a separate part of their kitchen where, oh, this these people are just cooking wings for this fake restaurant that we made up on Grubhub. So if you order from it, your driver is actually going to like a Chili's and picking up food they made there and bringing it to you, but they're pretending it's a different restaurant. 
and it's really weird. Mm-hmm. I've ordered from one once. I've ordered one. It's just wings, which was had a pretty good experience. They gave me the food I expected, even though it was made at like a Chili's or a Ruby Tuesday or something. The other day I ordered from one that was called Wow Bao, which makes like bows, you know, like the little like the, the Asian food. Um, Is which, it owned by Bow Wow, the rapper? It should be, but I don't think so. <laughs> Bow the VTuber. Yeah. I, well, come on. Um, and that one is run out, out. First of all, they make they have like teriyaki chicken, bows. It all looks so good. We found out it was run out of a Ruby Tuesday. Um, we mm. ordered we ordered six bows. They had like a variety pack where you got like two of this one, two of this one, two of this one. You know, beef, chicken, fucking pork, all look great. They roll up to us. You know what they deliver us? They deliver us five stale breadsticks. <laughs> that was what they gave us. <laughs> I was so fucking angry when I got this food because that was it was during when like when I was like I had COVID and I just I was getting food delivered because I didn't want to go out obviously and mm-hmm. I get five stale breadsticks rather than my actual food <laughs> I was so fucking mad <laughs> that feels like it was intentional I know it was it was the weirdest uh, thing ever to like just come, get an order so wrong. I feel like they got there and they were like, we don't actually make this wow bow food. We put that up there. Just throw this in there, deliver it, and see what happens. That's funny. They probably like have like four different kitchens going on and got yeah. confused. <laughs> I feel like I, I'll never blame the workers. So I think no. like, what happened was the CEO of Ruby Tuesday was in, the, was in the room and he was like, they ordered six bowels, give them five stale breadsticks. Get it out of here. <laughs> did you use your money back, sir? Yeah, of course I did. What the fuck? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I got ten free dollars, so I kind of made money off the deal. But they're yeah. still very stupid, and I don't. And so I don't order from virtual restaurants. So they're pretty easy to suss out when you're on the apps, but I don't. I don't mm-hmm. order from virtual restaurants anymore. Damn, that's just that's. <sighs> but yeah, so um, it's just really funny that the richest man in the world has bought a website, and everyone on it hates him now. Yeah. Um, Except for his like legions of fans that were already his fans, he's not gained anybody on his t- on his team because of this. He's actually probably lost some people. Yeah, for what he's done. I like I said last week, Elon Musk came into Twitter. He kept saying, "Oh, there's a problem. There's an issue. There's free speech. There's bots. There's this. There's that." But he clearly doesn't have any idea what is actually wrong with Twitter because, in reality, the only thing wrong with Twitter was that people like Elon Musk were on it. Um, <laughs> It was other than that. It was a very, very simple website, and also as far as web websites that are supported by ads, it has pretty easy ads to just ignore. You just scroll past the ads, get back to the fucking shit post you wanted to read. It was a very simple app, very simple website. Could not have been easier to 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 you know manage as far as oh what do we do? Let people keep posting, and he's just run it into the ground. It's so wild how even before him, to be honest, every move Twitter made made their site worse. That's true. All I want to see is the things people I'm following are saying in the chronological order they were posted. I don't care about best or top posts or whatever. Or no, just show you what I want to fucking see. I know. You know? They're they're out the algorithm on Twitter was so stupid because sometimes I would see something like I would I would see something I'm following who's like, Oh, I'm I'm live on Twitch r- r- fucking talking about Dawn of the Dead remake or something I thought was cool. And then I'd go to Twitch and I'd be like, oh, this tweet's from four days ago because they thought I just wanted to see it right now. Wow, right. Cool. Uh, well, that's stupid. So, yeah. Um, the only thing is, I do think... Here's the thing about Twitter. The people you're following in chronological order didn't always work because some people just posted way too much. It was just that like, true. you would post it and you'd see like 50 Will Wheaton tweets in a row. And I'm like, Will, I love you, mm. but you got to shut the fuck up for a second, man. Other, pe- other <laughs> people are on this website. So, I can a see A meteor has crashed in, into, into Bolivia, sir. Yeah. I need to see tweets about this. <laughs> see, there's like a balance. But yeah, the stuff, they, the stuff they did was so stupid. But still 10 times better than whatever Elon's doing now. The only good idea I've seen Elon Musk have since coming to Twitter is they put it on one tweet. It was like, bring back Vine. Yeah, bring go ahead. Uh, yep, definitely bring back Vine. I'd but go for why? that. Why? There's TikTok. There's YouTube Shorts. There's Instagram uh, Reels. Seth, TikTok is owned by the evil Chinese. We can't have TikTok in this country. They're, they're, they might literally ban TikTok in America. It's crazy that Congress might actually do that. Well, there's Instagram mm. Reels. There's YouTube Shorts. Vine couldn't live today. Vine couldn't live. I don't know, man. Bring back the magic. I want to try it again. <laughs> 
It's the only good idea I've seen. I'll just say that. And it, as you say, there's already other ideas. It's still the best one they've had. I mean, that's so true. Maybe I'm damning with faint yeah. praise. I don't know. It's kind of like if you also, o- take over a, a Hollywood company, you're like, well, let's, uh, let's remake Jurassic Park. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> let's do a shitty sequel with Chris Pratt. People love that, right? Oh, it's yes. like. <laughs> And also, just, just real quick, uh, tech companies fucking up. Uh, uh, today, YouTube took away the ability to sort by first uh, video posted, so fuck you. Why? YouTube's redesign is so fucking stupid. I don't even understand the ideology behind this shit. It reminds me of how, back when I used to use Facebook, every single Facebook update made the site less, less usable. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... That's funny and uh, pretty fucking bad. People are like, oh, if Twitter dies, what are we going to do for social media? What's our, what's our, where are we going to? And I'm like, first of all, here are your options. There's Mastodon, which is weird and probably not good uh, for a lot of reasons because it's like servers and whatnot that you have to join. That's just Discord, basically. Um, there's also Tumblr. Now, Tumblr is an idea. It may be the worst design website I've ever seen in my life in terms of <laughs> actually figuring out who posted what and when, but they did just unban the porn. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> you can now post, you can post, you can post tits on a, on Tumblr again. Yeah. So, you know, I just think all these freaking, all the people who got laid off from Twitter should just start their own Twitter. Just make, make, yeah. it, make a good one. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, because like, as soon as these some of these websites die out, I just want like a good, stable replacement that's better. And then it can get run into the ground in 10 years and start a new one. Because um, <laughs> the next thing I'm scared about, I, I am, and I don't even want to say it out loud, but I'm scared someone's going to come in and really fuck up Discord. The, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Discord is already trying pretty hard to monetize with like Discord Nitro and like server boosts and stuff. Which I don't mm-hmm. care. I'm not really ever going to pay for that, but... Ooh, I'm scared. Don't worry, baby. IRC will always be there for you. That's true. I'll just, just use Usenets. <laughs> go to IRC. TeamSpeak still around. We can go back uh, to that. We got, we got options. Yeah. Marcus is getting nostalgic over there. Right. <laughs> when I first started playing League of Legends, all my friends were using TeamSpeak. I was like, oh yeah. god, what is this? Yeah, when I first started playing League of Legends, we were playing. We were on Skype because Discord didn't exist yet, mm. and we weren't nerdy enough to have Teamspeak. Remember playing League back uh, in we lived together, just yelling at one another across yes. the house. Me, Smith, and <laughs> one guy we lived with, and me and the other guy sat at the same table. Smith was in his room, and we were all just yelling stuff across the house. So, like, <laughs> go here, do this. Oh shit, I died. Blah blah blah. Archaic. I love it. Yeah. It was it was it was honestly some of the most fun I ever it had was, playing it was really fun. any game. Yeah. It's it reminded me of, of playing four player of uh, a Left 4 Dead in the same room. That shit Ooh. is so fun. I don't think there I, I really to this day don't know if there's a game better than that for four people in a room. I mean yeah. Smash Brothers is like a good thing, but it's also you know, it's very competitive, so you wanna you wanna like win mm-hmm. and stuff. There's uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other great ones. Mario Kart, which is also a bunch of Nintendo games. But man, mm-hmm. Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, when you're in the same room together, there's like no experience cooler than that. Lights off, fucking just going crazy. It's so much fun. Yes. We should do yeah, that. We should play that. I'd be that. down. We should. Let's do Honestly, it. that game still rips, and everyone who's tried to make a better one has kind of failed. How is how how just do the same thing? It seems so simple to me. Right. But I feel like maybe the problem is Left 4 Dead was made at a different time in games. Yeah. So like Back Back for Blood is the closest one I've seen so far, but it fell prey to the typical shit of today of monetization and season passes yeah. and DLC and the stupid card system. I'm like, just yes. let me choose a fucking character and play the game. I don't have to have all these modifiers and all this shit. Left 4 Dead didn't have that, and it was great. I was kind of excited about the car system at first, but when I actually saw how it worked in play, I was like, oh, this is not what I wanted, actually. I I just want to play the game. If there was a game, if there was a vert, if there was a mode in the game where it's like, oh, we'll just streamline that shit for you, it'd probably be, honestly, a great game. I just got so turned off on that stuff. What would the the card system have been if, if you were in charge? 
Uh, first of all, like Seth said, optional. It would have been a completely separate option from regular campaign. Um, it would literally be you get dealt five cards at the start of the game, and before each match, you pick one uh, to apply. And there's no, like, persistent deck that you have to, like, keep up with and, like, put cards in or out. No, the, everyone gets the same deck and five cards come out of it. And you pick your modifiers of, like, this is a bad one, this is a good one. So you got to decide. This mission's hard, we get ourselves a good, a, a bonus. This one's easier, we'll do a bad one for ourselves. But you got to use all five at a certain point, you know? So yeah. that's how I would do it anyway. I've got, I've got a good idea for a card system. You start, yeah. at, let's say you start out the, the game with, like... I don't know, a little less than 20 cards. And then each time you finish, let's just say like a floor, you get a choice of three cards. You can put one in your deck or you can leave them. And you can keep going each floor. You know, some floors will not necessarily have combats. Some will have like elite combats. At the end of, you know, the section <laughs> you're on, you'll be like a boss battle, like randomly chosen three for, the, for whatever floor you're on. And then there's like three acts you go through. Um... And maybe so, even like, some in-game content. Should, should there be a store where you can use your currency on this currency? Oh, yeah, currency. That's a good cards. one. Where you can uh -huh. buy cards, perks. Uh, I don't know, some relics or something to like get me. I'm so yeah. glad we're all on the same page here. This is fucking <laughs> attack the spire. Slay the spire. <laughs> right, oh, I was going for uh, 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 fights in tight spaces. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't you love how Slay the Spire just invented a whole genre of games? And now right. every year there's the like light. 10 games that are now every game I play is either a Slay the Spire like or a Vampire Survivors like. That's all there is yeah. now. Yeah. And guess what? Yeah. They fucking rule. All of those games <laughs> are <dope>. good. <laughs> it's pretty. That genre is pretty dope. There's a lot of I've been playing in that machine, I Across think. the Obelisk, which is like a multiplayer version of Slay the Spire. Basically, you have like a Ooh. you can have like a group of four people, and nice. you know you do stuff. You can also play it by yourself and just control all four characters. It is so fucking fun. I just I cannot describe how much fun I ever, ever play it once a week with some friends. It is just such a fun game, and I, I'm just blown away. It's got some problems. It definitely doesn't have some of the incredible polish that get, the other uh, like duck building roguelikes have. But holy fuck, is it fun to play! <laughs> I, yeah, I've heard good things about that game. I've heard a lot of it's good really, things. Really, really good. Yeah. I'm actually Spire sad. Is getting a uh, what is it? A board game. An actual like yeah, yeah. A um, board game. I'm, I was like holy shit. I'm backing it soon. Ooh. And I'm going top dollar on this stuff. That's my favorite game of all time, probably. It's, it's pretty sweet. I was thinking about buying it too. My bad, Seth. I mean, Smith, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, there. no. That's a. All I was going to say is I'm disappointed in that game Redfall, which I was really excited for at first. But now that I've seen more gameplay, I'm like, actually, probably not going to be left for dead like that I want. Yeah, you know? it still might be a fun game, but I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that. Um, I do want to give it a the try. The closest. I will say the closest that we've come to a good uh, Left 4 Dead-like is Vermintide. Those was, games are... Yes. Yeah. And Vermintide 2, I'm not sure if it still is, but it was free last week on Steam. Yeah, just, it's still free, I think, until the end of today. You just <gasps> download it for free. But, but, but beware, that game is 100 gigabytes, just so yeah. you know. And when you play it, <laughs> it definitely shouldn't be 100 gigabytes. I've played mm -hmm. games that are much bigger, that are much smaller in size. The company that makes those games, uh, Fat Shark, they are not known for their uh, uh, polish uh, on their games. But it is it um, is pretty fun. I wanna, yeah, their new one is Dark Tide. I want to play it because it it has guns. It is it is oh, wow. uh, much more uh, Left 4 Dead like. So when that comes out, I'm gonna I'm gonna play some Dark Tide for sure. Because mm -hmm. um, the really cool part of that is there are different classes you play in the game. They're, they're separate characters. And one of them is you play as an Ogryn, which is just a, a big fucking muscle man with a hammer who just fucking wrecks shit. It's just, you're playing as a tank, basically, from Left 4 Dead. Nice. Uh, but as a, as a character, so it's pretty funny looking. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, to get back to politics real of quick. Of course. I was told to talk about this because we, we, should, we should cover this. Um, this is not American politics. This is Canadian politics. They have mm. politics up in Canada, it turns out. What? Um, apparently, the government in Canada has crossed the Rubicon uh, against uh, one of the biggest unions in the country, uh, uh, the CUPE. I say COOP. 
and they have basically tried to impose a contract on Coop they don't want to handle. And Coop was like, we're going to go on strike. And the government says, well, you can't go on strike. That's illegal. And the Coop said, <laughs> we'll do a wildcat strike then. And we're going to get every other union in the country to join us. And surprisingly, every other union was like, yeah, we'll go on strike too if you don't fucking do what they want. Hell and the yeah. government today uh, backed down and is going to go back to the, the bargaining table with Coop and try and come yeah. up with a, a solution. Yeah. They were th- apparently this far from shutting down Canada over over this yeah. shit, which I'm excited to see. Because the teachers backed down. The teachers were like, "Yes, no. And they're like, okay, we'll find you $4,000 a day. The teachers were like, good luck getting $4,000 a day from us. Do you know how much we get paid? <laughs> right. So they, just, they just did a strike anyway. So good for them. Good for the unions in Canada. I hope we have some solidarity here. Right. Because the train unions, in case y'all don't know, is still going on. They're, they're on their cool down period right now that is imposed on them by, the, uh, by their contract. Uh, the new contract still sucks shit, and they're probably not going to take it. And Biden's government has already said that they're going to declare any strike illegal. And so the unions are saying, well, we go on a wildcat strike. Well, let's see. I tell you. What is the what is the concept of a strike being illegal? I don't even understand that. Cause like basically one of the things in America and a lot of countries is you go on strike for a go on a strike, you declare we're going on strike, we're walking out right now, this is how we're gonna do it, and you gotta have like notifications and shit like that and say, We're going on strike because of this and this. You can't be fired. They can't fire you, but if your strike is declared illegal, you can be fired and replaced immediately uh, with no benefits for being fired. But if every railroad worker gets fired, how are you going to replace an entire workforce? The theory right now is the military will do it or will hire scabs. Oh, but my problem is, like, are there enough scabs to cover these things? Right. And is, does the military have enough knowledge of running the railroad system for this to work? That's my mm. thing. Is like, don't even worry about the strike being illegal. Like, if you're a big enough workforce, they will blunder themselves into, you know, begging you to come back. Yeah, didn't right. they do that before? Like, they hired a bunch of scabs, and the scabs are fucking everything up. <laughs> that has happened in the past, yeah. But usually, in things that are less uh, uh, vital than the goddamn railroad system that gives us everything across the country, yeah, like. Mm-hmm. People don't know how many things are taken across the country by a goddamn train. People think, oh, trucks do it all these days. No, trains do it, and then trucks go locally. No, trains do it all. Yeah, trains are incredibly important, and uh, operating them is not something that just anyone can do. They are. Like, back in the 80s, you know, Reagan... Yeah, Reagan fired all the air traffic controllers uh, because they went on strike and they declared it illegally fired them all. But luckily, I guess luckily for the government, Reagan's fucking fascist state... Uh, the, the Air Force could take over pretty easily in that in that regard because yeah. they have plenty of trained air traffic controllers. They ain't got enough guys to run the railroads, I don't think. Yeah. I don't think they can do it. Another thing he was lucky about was that Star Wars was big at the time, so everyone had those lightsabers and people were able to just come out and start <laughs> doing the job just out of yeah. nowhere because they had, they had toy lightsabers. There you go. Just press gain, people. So... I just hope that this that the the railroad workers get what they want because their working conditions are atrocious and they they need people. Oh, they get paid sixty k a year, and I'm like, that's still not worth it. That's still right. not worth it. That's a, that's a basic living wage in some parts of the country. Yeah, that's still not that worth it. That should be an incredibly normal salary for most people. Um. So yeah, but yeah. Funny. So <clears throat> to get off of politics, of course. I want to talk to y'all about something real fast. Two things, I guess, that are for me. It brings me no pleasure to report what I'm about to say, but Andor is good. That's all I've heard. I don't even know why that brings you no pleasure. Tony Gilroy making Star Wars shit sounds like it should be dope to me. Well, the fact that it's Star Wars and the things they've done to it recently makes me hesitant to even like acknowledge that this is happening, but I got so many people telling me that it was good that I should watch it, that I did finally go and watch it. And I can confirm Andor is the best thing they've made besides rogue one uh, yeah. of the recent star Wars stuff. When I, when I finally, cause I canceled my Disney plus um, at one point, cause I was just so fucking tired of every freaking fucking thing being thrown at my face by Marvel and star Wars. Um, that's the first thing I'm going to watch. Once I, once I decide to get that sub back, I'm, I've literally, I mean, I've heard like, I mean, I've heard stuff I hear about like truly great television shows being levied towards Andor. So I'm, I'm excited to get, get into it and see what it's like. 
it i mean it's a show that is not afraid to to go all kinds of places and uh the one thing that, what really got me to watch it was the fact that it's gonna be two seasons and that's it yeah they have two seasons of television planned and they are done after that and i like having a definite ending in mind when they start out so that that impressed me yeah um andy circus is showed up on the show love seeing andy circus anything He's i can great. see him in He's awesome. They have a pretty decent cast of uh, of secondary characters. You got you got your Stellan Skarsgård in here, uh, having a good time. We have a, a cameo by one of my favorite characters in Star Wars uh, of the most recent movies that I was very excited to see. Um, Interesting. It's just it's just it's good. It's good. I mean, it's all I can say. It, watch it. Andor is actually and actually has good politics. I'll say that the politics of the show are pretty good because Mon Mothma's in the show and she's pretty much uh, Hillary Clinton and she sucks shit. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> keeps telling her you suck. <laughs> You're great. not going to be able to politics your way past the emperor, ma'am. He's called the emperor. Um, That's great. On the opposite side of things. I've been watching uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Yes. Um, which is heavily, heavily uneven. Uh, uh, some episodes are good, and some episodes are really, really bad. Like, the two Lovecraft episodes that are adaptations of his short stories are just terrible. Like, Pickman's model has nothing to do with the story that he wrote, and... Pikmin's model doesn't work in a visual medium because the entire horror of the thing is a person sees a photograph and that drives them insane. So it doesn't work. And they change a bunch of shit. And then Dreams in the Witch House, which is already one of Lovecraft's weakest stories, has nothing to do with the story at all. Zero to do. And somehow, and somehow, is more racist than the original story. <laughs> I'm not sure how you manage that. that is, they, you're making me want to watch that episode first because I just want right. to see like what could they have done to be more racist than Dreams in the Witch House is one of his stories that contains zero racism, and they were like, "Let's just put a little racism in there, real quick. We got to get, got to get, yeah, get in there, get and a whole new kind of racism that Lovecraft never even had in any of his stories. They were like, we got to take aim at a whole new race of oh, people. A new racism dropped. <laughs> yes. No. It's not new. It's new to Lovecraft. He was even beyond that. He wouldn't even touch this shit. You don't so, need that's crazy. But yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the show. I'm mostly interested in watching the one the episode directed by um Mandy's director, The Viewing. Yes. Um I'm interested in watching that one. I imagine with a horror anthology it's gonna be a bit uneven since you're just getting a bunch of, you know, newer n- newer up and coming people to make random shit. Um so that, that, that sounds interesting, but yeah, I'm definitely going to watch the ones that I think are interesting, and I'm probably not going to watch many of the other ones. I'll recommend The Autopsy with F. Murray Abraham. Hey, that was really good. I love F. Murray Abraham. I'll, I'll recommend The Outside, which has an all-star cast of Kate Micucci, uh, Martin Starr, and uh, Dan Stevens. Wow! Incredible cast, and it's a, real, a pretty good horror story. I like it a lot. love Micucci, yeah. Yes, of course. If you want to see, I can't, actually, I won't say that's a spoiler. Um, but yeah, so watch out. Those, those two, if you're going to watch any of them, watch those two at least. And I would also say that The Viewing, uh, which is uh, pa- Pano, Pan- Panos, Cons- Cons- however you say his name, yeah. Paolo Cosmatos is what I call him. Uh, that's <laughs> actually pretty good. And it, it has also a pretty good cast because it has Eric Andre in, uh, in it, along no. with fucking Peter Weller uh, <laughs> is up in here as well. That is not a combination I thought I would see. With uh, Sophia Butella and the girl, the I hate to say it this way, the Asian doctor from the house, if you remember her, who's only there like two seasons, mm, is yeah, like yeah. the main character of it. Pretty good cast. Overall, gotta say, cast on these shows, not bad. Pretty good pulls. They had Mayor Royce in the episode with, uh, with uh, F. Murray Abraham. They have a good little rapport. Nice. So, old guys. So, yeah uneven show but i mean there's a couple that are good that are good to watch and maybe you watch the dreams of the witch house to see just how god awful the racism just to see is how they pull that one off <laughs> racism plus oh boy Ugh. yeah well while we're at this section I'll, I'll just go ahead and kind of drop some stuff i've i've basically been unintentionally doing a try to try to watch a bad movie challenge and i'm failing horribly because in the past few days, I've watched Tar, which is Todd Field's um, 
newest movie starring Kate Blanchett, and it is one of the most amazing movies I've seen in a very, very long time. Probably top two or top three of the year, um, behind like everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, it's a two and a it's a two hour and thirty eight minute movie that when it ended, I actually thought it could have been a little bit longer, which is just crazy considering it is one of the s- slowest movies you'll ever see. But it was so. So if that's affecting. the highest praise I think I've ever heard you give to a movie. I, it, is. it truly is, <laughs> and which is great because I'm so upset that you've been spoiled on the final shot. But the final shot of the movie is one of the most crazy, hilarious things I've ever seen in a movie that is only funny like one time. It is. It is not a very funny movie, but the last shot is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, and then I, for the first time, I ever watched Eyes Wide Shut. Stanley Kubrick's movie, one of the only Kubricks I'd never seen. And that movie is amazing. And it's also a very slow, very long two and a half hour movie. Then I went and saw Triangle of Sadness, which is a new movie by, um, I think his name is Robert Ostland. I can't remember where he's from, but he has made some of those provocative, like social commentary movies that are usually pretty funny as well as incredibly dour at the same time. Triangle of Sadness, no exception. It was hilarious some of the grossest shit i've ever seen on a movie screen is is a part of one of the funniest scenes i've ever also ever seen like there is one scene in the movie where i am laughing and i am watching some of the most actively disgusting shit i've ever seen absolutely loved it the movie has and it's not horror it's it is it's yeah it's a comedy for sure um it's like a social commentary comedy um, a lot of actors that aren't super famous, but Woody Harrelson is in it as one of the more, one of the more famous actors. Um, absolutely phenomenal movie. Um, and then I watched um, the new Martin McDonough movie, The Banshees of Inajerin, um, which is Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson basically being in a live action SpongeBob episode. And it is really funny. I had some issues with the third act, but overall it was really, really funny. And I didn't mind it as much because it was just so enjoyable. Um, and it's, I haven't seen it yet, but tomorrow I'm watching Decision to Leave, which is the new Park Chan-wook movie, which is the guy who directed, like, Old Boy and the Handmaiden, and I've heard good things about it, so I'm kind of on a tear of just watching great movies right now. Nice, dude. Well, I'm curious about, then, Marcus, what have you been up to? It's so funny, because I actually decided to watch a movie also. Whoa! (laughs) Not even, like, a new movie. It's, this is probably an old-ass movie, but it's new to me. It's called Martyrs. Martyrs? Have y'all seen this movie? I have not. Mm-mm. So, I was I was watching YouTube, and I came across a video that was like, what, what horror movie has the most profound ending? And they said Martyrs. And I was like, pause. I'm gonna watch this before I finish this fucking YouTube video. Is it the one from 2015 or 2008? 2008, I believe. Okay. There should be two. A young woman's quest for revenge against the people who kidnapped and tormented her as a child. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that one. Is it good? But yeah. Okay. I was was... very meh about it. Okay. Oh. So, do y'all want me to spoil it or y'all want to watch it? (laughs) No, I would say no. I actually, I gotta see this now. I guess I might watch it if if Marcus decided to watch a movie. I gotta watch it. (laughs) <laughs> Me too. Absolutely. I mean, I watched it purely out of uh, curiosity. I do that too. And Sometimes like, I will have like there are at any times about five hundred movies I want to watch, but sometimes I will watch a YouTube video about a movie I've never even heard of or even really care about, and I'll yeah. immediately go watch that movie because I'm like, I've been sold, <laughs> yes. and the movie. Exactly I don't even know why. I don't even know why I'm watching this movie, but this this one YouTube video by that I don't care about got me to watch it. Yep. It says right here that it has 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, which sounds about right, I think. That's where you want a movie to be at, really. Yeah. Okay. To see oh, if it's interesting or not. Real quick, I will add on the after I, So when I saw Tar, I mean, one second, long, slow, two and a half hour movie. It's about like the world of classical music. No one was in the theater for up until like halfway through the trailers. Five people come in and sit on the same row as me. Um, and they're all like, let's say Sus. 24, 25, 26, somewhere in that range. And they're. They're like loud, having fun. They stop when the, when the trailer is over, so I, I don't really get mad at them or anything. But like, the movie ends on that final shot, and one guy just says, 
what the hell was that movie? And just leaves. <laughs> and that's when I knew. That's happened to me three times this year. Tar, Nope, and The Northman. And all three are in my top five best movies right now for the year. Wow. So <laughs> I think the people in the crowd are crazy. Well, Marcus, you, if you want to watch a uh, a French horror movie that is pretty fucking amazing, you should watch Titan. Yes. Titan. T- or as the French would say, Titan. Um, yes. But yes, that movie absolutely rules. Um, it right, because really, really the only other like French horror movie I've seen, wait, was 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 Fun and Games the French one? That's German. I okay. knew Marcus was going to say Fun and Games when he <laughs> said that. I knew it. That one hurt me so bad, Seth. You don't understand. Oh, I saw it too. It is. <laughs> should have seen. He had a meltdown yeah. when that scene happened. I heard that Marcus went crazy. <laughs> Marcus, did, did I ever show you? Did I ever show you High Tension? Yes, that's that's the one. That's the yeah. one I remember as well. Because I was like, "What do you mean? What? What is the movie rules? It's a great film. It was pretty cool." Uh, God, Marcus and Funny Games was just, uh, honestly the funniest show I've ever seen in my entire life. Was Marcus just having an existential crisis? <laughs> it hurts so bad. I've never seen someone get so mad at a movie, except for except for your oh. old friend Matt at the anime Air Gear that drove him to physically assault me and you. That is a truly legendary stop. story of someone who. I mean, to be honest, I'm kind of on his side. If I watch anime, I would want to beat somebody up too. So I guess I guess I kind of get it. He gave me the worst nipple twister of my entire life. Uh, I still feel it to my this day in my nipples. I'm sometimes. offended. Next time I see you, so I'm gonna I gotta take the crown back. <laughs> okay, all right. I love to see two grown men giving each other nipple twisters. Yes. <laughs> Okay, but Marcus, I'm sorry, we, we kind of interrupted you there. Yeah. Anything else? So you, you watch Martyrs, watching? anything else? Oh, yeah. um, watch Martyrs, been playing Potionomics. Uh, Is that good? That's, it's it's an interesting, like, card game. Yeah. And management kind of thing. So, obviously, you, you need to get money to buy materials to make better potions. That's like the whole life. loop. Yeah. Right. Hmm. I like it so far. I've beaten like the first like big obstacle, but now it's like serious. So I need more money <laughs> to yeah. buy better. That's how a lot of those management games are. They give you that dopamine rush kind of early, and then they're like, "But guess what? To get the next dopamine rush, you're gonna put about another hundred hours into this bitch." It's true because, like, God, I needed more cauldrons to make more potions. <laughs> Oh yeah, you and should you should like play Satisfactory. Satisfactory basically has like nine tiers that like are progression. You can get a tier like three or four pretty you know, within the first maybe ten, you know, eight, ten hours. Getting to oh. getting to the next one is like another thirty, forty, and after that it's like oh. probably another hundred or so. Oh no, okay. I will probably stop at like seven yeah. <laughs> tier seven. I'm always confused because like at the same time that Potion Arms came out, another game came out called Potion Permit. Uh, which is the, uh, you also an alchemist, but you actually go out and like fight monsters to gather materials from their from them and stuff using your mm. potions and stuff as weapons. And then didn't Square Enix um, just release a one Harvestella? Yeah, it's like Harvestella. Yeah, yeah, where it's kind of like you yeah. know you're like it's farming sim, but also you're like it's like Stardew Valley, but they really leaned in on the combat part of it. It's it's Stardew Valley meets Final Fantasy, basically. Yeah. Mm. Maybe it, the, the aesthetic is closer to near automata, but yeah, it's it's Ooh. somewhere in it's there. It's so funny you said that. I have been conflating potionomics and potion permit into one game in my head because two potion <laughs> games came out at the same time. Like literally, that within two days of one another, it was crazy. Yeah, I do want to try. Now, one. Uh, I haven't played Harvestella. From what I've heard, is it is a, a very uneven game in that the JRPG part is pretty good, but the uh, Stardew Valley part is pretty uh, uh, meh. So. Mm. That's that's what I've heard, anyways. Interesting. So, which one are you leaning towards, Seth? I don't know. I got I got to do some more research. I don't know which. I guess whichever one has more of like the management stuff, because that's kind of what I'm more into. Okay. That's the, that way the one Marcus is playing, which also has yeah. the better reviews. Okay. Potionomics. Okay. Because there is a character you meet. You can you can feed them your materials that you've gotten, so that the next day you can buy it from their shop. Or if you're on a tight crunch, you might need to use it for a potion. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, wait. Never mind. A new action roguelike came out. 
Never mind. Oh. <laughs> What's this one called? It's called Soul Stone Survivors. Of... Okay. And I'm I'm actually I'm watching the footage now. I'm I'm probably gonna buy this game in like ten seconds. So Seth Stott was from the <laughs> he just doesn't know what we're talking about. It's like oh roguelike? Potion, yeah. yeah, action roguelike. <laughs> it's got vampire survivors bullshit in it. It's like every good game now. So Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, after the after the podcast, we'll talk more about this. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um cool. we kinda did what we our doing thing, so y'all ready to just call it here? Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. All right. This has been the Millennials Podcast. I am Smith. You can find me on Twitter for now, maybe not for much longer, yeah. at MC Surf. I'm My s- screen name will be Elon Musk. I'm Seth. <laughs> you can find me, as always, at the haven of free speech, indistinct-shatter.io, where if you're interested in my thoughts on um, Tar or Barbarian, I actually decided to get off my ass and post some shit this week. So they are out there, and you can check them out. Uh, I'm Marcus. You can find me on Instagram and on Parlor. Just kidding. That's a fucking joke. That's a fucking joke. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus is like, you can find me at, and he just says his actual address. <laughs> Bring food or fight me. Yeah. Those are your only options. Food, fuck, or fight. That's Marcus's three options. <laughs> um. Seth, our, our theme song? Oh, our theme song was done by Ben Powell, who uh, streams on Twitch. Um, at the Ben Powell, he's been streaming a lot of different games lately, including some Soul stuff and uh, other games, so check him out. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get under it. Oh, fuck Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> and capitalism is the cause of all of your problems. And we have stopped trying to solve our problems. We're trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York, that's the Podcast, baby. We're out. Out. Peace.